Welcome to the Pirate's Eye Podcast, produced by the Seton Hall Alumni Engagement and Philanthropy Department. I'm your host, Bianca Velez, Class of 2010 alumna and Director of Alumni Communication and Digital Engagement here at Seton Hall. Each month, I'll be sitting down with an alumnus to talk about their career, their life journey, and the role that Seton Hall has played in getting them where they are today, or continues to play. In this episode, I sit down with Chuck Aaron, co-founder and owner of Jersey Girl Brewing, a craft brewery in Hackettstown, New Jersey. For Chuck, becoming a business owner was always the goal. The path to getting there is what he had to figure out. Now his business is approaching its fifth anniversary and is on track to grow in all the ways he has envisioned and planned for. But before we get into our interview with Chuck, I want to extend a special thank you to this episode's sponsors, Bank of America and AARP, supporters of our digital Many Are One Alumni Award Ceremony, which celebrated Dr. Catherine Alicia Georges as our most distinguished alumna in June. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the previous episode with Dr. Georges, be sure to go back to episode four and take a listen. Now, here's my interview with Chuck Aaron. Chuck, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We're chatting with you because you are an active Seton Hall alumnus with an interesting business called Jersey Girl. So talk to me a little bit about what Jersey Girl is before we get into your backstory. You know, it's interesting. Jersey Girl, for me, is is a culmination of a career goal. Um, while I never really intended in my life that I would I would own a brewery in the end of my, you know, at the end of this goal, um, the idea of owning my own business was always something that was an important part of what my education meant to me, what my career path meant to me. Um, and I'm kind of happy that we went this way. I have to be honest with you. I've got a, I've, I make a great product that's fun. It's part of everybody's life usually. You know, if you think about a lot of your great memories in life, beer is some part of that memory somewhere, somehow. Um, and I think it's nice to be a part of what I look at as a business that is helping to create new memories that people are going to have for a lifetime. Absolutely. And now where is Jersey Girl located and how does it work? I know we're in a really particular situation because we are still starting to get back to what is normal because of COVID-19. But in the normal sense, what is Jersey Girl? How do you experience Jersey Girl? We are a full production brewery. Um, We we have a large uh, facility here in Mount Olive, New Jersey, that's been open now for just over four years, where we produce and distribute beer across all of New Jersey. Uh, that puts us as you know far up as High Point, as far south as Cape May County. We like that. We we are a New Jersey business, and we like the the kind of boundaries of New Jersey. I think we'll expand outside of it eventually, but for now, that that's exactly what we want. Um, like I said, we're here in Mount Olive, New Jersey. My partner, my business partner and I both live here in Mount Olive, New Jersey. So we decided that, um, this would be a great place to, to build our business, be part of the community, um, and build something that people can 
not only enjoy while they're out, but when they want to, they can actually come to the brewery. So our brewery set up that uh, Thursday through Sunday, you can actually come to the brewery. Under normal situations, we would do tours. We would show people how uh, to show people through the manufacturing area, show them how the beer is made, uh, and then we do a sampler. We do tastings of beer. Uh, we start, you know, we educate people, our customers, on how our beer is made, and then what the different flavor profiles are, and, and how those different ingredients affect the flavor profile. Right now, we don't have the area open right now, but we do have a beer garden. So our beer garden is open again from Thursday through Sunday where people can come down and we can still sample and talk about craft beer. We just do it socially distanced and, and safe. Now, you kind of alluded to this. You did not go into Seton Hall saying to yourself, one day I will open up a craft beer business. So what is the backstory there? And when you did go to Seton Hall, what did you go in saying to yourself? I think Seton Hall for me was important for a lot of reasons. I think I think everybody goes to college for, for some own personal goals. Um, this this career path was one of them, um, but it's in you know college is important because it helps you achieve life goals, you know long long term financial achievement, success, stability, is an element of a college education. Then job stability is a, an element of that. Being able to have career growth and and have something you can build on, um, and then satisfaction that you're successful even outside of the workplace. Um, I think is a big part of what Seton Hall is about. And I think Seton Hall is there, really, for me personally, it was there to nurture and build in me a stronger character, right? So in high school, I was a relatively quiet, a bit shy kind of kid. I think a lot of kids are. But uh, Seton Hall offered me an opportunity to kind of break out of that shell, work on some important skills to understand and relate to different people, society, and learn how to contribute in a positive way. There's a lot of core elements of what's important at Seton Hall, church, people, education. I mean, there's so many important things that become just the, the backbone of who you are as a student there. Uh, and so I got involved a lot of, on campus. Um, I was with, uh, I pledged my freshman year with the Pikes, and I became a fraternity brother of Pike App Alpha fraternity. But I also did theater in the round. I also was on the rifle team. I played in intramural sports and things like that. So uh, a lot of what Seton Hall offered, I tried to embrace and take advantage of while I was there. That's fantastic. Now, you didn't just get those experiences and a business degree at Seton Hall. You also met your wife there. Can you share a little bit about that story? I can. Um, you know, my wife and I have been together now for 32 years. I was, as, as I was looking back on 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 thoughts at Seton Hall, and I said, wow, it's already 32 years. Um, I, I stayed in South Boland. When I when I was a freshman, I lived in South Boland. I lived on the third floor, room 310. I mean, you just kind of remember these things forever. But uh, I remember my, my uh, sophomore year going back because I wanted to see who lived in my room, you know, the next <laughs> year. I wanted to see who, who was the new kid that was coming up in, in my old room. So I went to visit and say hi, and I think that's part of what Seton Hall community is about, right? You just go up and say hi to people, introduce yourself, and, and, and you become friendly with them and welcome them. And these are all freshmen. Anyway, in that room at that moment, they had flipped it from – it used to be um, guys on one side of the dorm and, and girls on the other side. They would flip them back and forth until they made the whole floor all women or all men. 
So um, at this particular year, my sophomore year, they flipped it back to, to women on that side. And I walked in the room, kind of knocked on the room, said hi. My wife was sitting on the floor, and I was there with one of my fraternity brothers. And I was just awestruck. I mean, I was just absolutely awestruck. And, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if people, you know, how people feel about love at first sight, but that was truly my story. I mean, I remember walking out of that room and, and looking at my fraternity brother and saying, wow, I think I think I found the woman that I'm going to marry. And lo and behold, 32 years later, we're still together. We went through a lot of Seton Hall together um, as, a, as a dating couple. Uh, and then after life, we were both kind of on the same trajectory, same life goals, similar, similar paths. And uh, I'm glad I've been able to stay with her for 32 years. It's been, it's been a great, great life together. Oh, my God. I absolutely love that. What a great story. I love listening to Seton Hall couples and hearing how, how they met, what their story is, and how they've continued to carry out their relationships. It's fascinating. Now, for the, for the students that are currently at Seton Hall, which, again, it's, it's a different time. Um, things are very unlike what we're, what we're used to. What piece of advice, um, particularly from having lived the experience of Seton Hall, having started your own business, what piece of advice can you share with current Seton Hall students? Yeah, that's a, I'm, we're, we're in a really interesting place in the world right now. I, I would never have thought I mean, other than Y2K, if you think about, you know, when I was younger, we came from 99 into 2000 thinking, wow, 2000 is going to shut down. We're going to be, you know, computers are all going to crash. It's going to be pandemonium. I didn't realize 20 years later it was going to actually happen and everything would shut down and we'd be going through what I thought would happen 20 years ago in a, in a different world, in a different environment, different situation, but so similar in the fear. Um, I'll say this, uh, education, uh, it provides knowledge, knowledge of the world, uh, the world around us, and, and it changes us the more we know into something better. Um, so I, I, I challenge, you know, the current students, to don't be afraid of the unknown, because a lot of the times that knowledge that you get will help remove the fear, right? Understanding certainly makes things easier to to get through. Uh, and don't be afraid and accept that there will be bad days, uh, whether it's in college, it's in your personal life, or in business. Bad days happen. It's how you deal with those and then get ready to move on. Um, and, and always look back on, I'm really happy that I still talk to friends from college, both in my wife's sorority, our own fraternity, um, and even people I went to Seton Hall with. Lean on them. They're there for the life. I mean, if you... If you go through Seton Hall, trust me, in 30 years, you'll still be talking to people that you went to Seton Hall with. So make sure you take advantage of those opportunities as you get older and have tough days because people are the strongest asset you'll have. And I think, I think lastly, while you're in college, don't be afraid to ask somebody out. <laughs> I did. Um, <laughs> I think social skills are critical, and you might wind up with somebody you love for the next 32 years of your life. So have fun with it. Yeah, that is great advice. Thank you so much. Now, I want to I wanna circle back. I know that when you graduated from Seton Hall, um, 
like you mentioned and like we talked about earlier, you didn't necessarily go right into starting your own business. There was a trajectory there and that took a number of years to actually come to fruition, although it always was your dream. What was that journey like? I'm a believer that life life is what you make of it, right? I believe that life is that journey. So, so education is not only reading a book. Education is visiting a culture. It's going someplace outside of the protection of your five-mile radius and seeing what's on the other side and appreciating it for what it is, not to judge it that it's different than what yours is or what your life is, but to understand the world's a huge place. I had the benefit through my career of working from, you know, an inside sales job behind a desk, learning selling skills to sales management to marketing to management to executive management, global management, um, running a business, now owning a business. I, I, I had a trajectory that was well-established, and it was something that I worked very diligently on. But I had the benefit of traveling the world while I was employed um, and doing a lot of things and cultures and experiencing cultures that most people won't experience in their life. And I tell you, it does open your eyes to, to how different things are. And I think that's the exciting part of what I believe can happen today because travel today is a lot easier than it was when I was younger. Getting around the world is a lot easier. Um, you know, if traveling the world is what you want to do, make it a point of your life of seeing things and, learn, and going someplace. Help a culture out. Go and volunteer. Um, it's rewarding and enriching. Um, and at the very least, if you if you do go travel on business, do what I did. Add a couple of extra days of vacation onto it while you're there, and see see things, do things, experience things. Because uh, while you're going on that trajectory, there's going to be a lot of days that you're going to be spending 18 hours straight, you know, for a month working on something um, to make sure it gets done right and gets done. And that's that's just the dedication that you put into a career tra- trajectory, and you. If you really want to achieve something, you put your heart into it, and the hours will just seem to fly by. Uh, but sometimes when you do get that opportunity to slow down, make sure you slow down and, and fill your head with more knowledge and experience. It's important. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That global perspective and uh, just exposure is is really key and certainly shapes the way that you approach and think about things in a in a positive way, right? It does. It does because you start to, you know, I'm I'm in, a, I'm in the business side of the world now, um, but I had a great experience. One of the one of the things that jumped out to me was foreign foreign exchange rates, and I don't know why, but it always fascinated me how money moves around the world, um, and how people invest in foreign exchange rates, and how that applies to, you know, how companies who have global footprints um, shift money around to make sure that they're not only moving money from one country to another country properly, but they're also taking advantage of those upticks. It's like a stock market. Um, And it was always fascinating to me that there was that level of granular detail that went into, I thought, you know, I would have thought a global company, you just pick the money up, you move it to the other bank and, and you're done. But it doesn't work that way. There's so much detail that goes behind it. Every opportunity is really an opportunity, and and you learn how to understand what those are, where they exist, 
from talking to other businesses and not just staying in your industry but going to other industries and working with other businesses in your local community to see how they get through the challenges that you face every day. And there's just a wealth of knowledge out there just, just waiting to be grabbed onto. And the fun thing about it is, honestly, in my experience, was when you want to talk to somebody about their business, they want to talk about their business too because they have the pride of building something as well. And they want to share how they got there. They want to share their story. Um, and that's how you build friends. That's how you build your network. And that's how you, you do all those things you need to, to get through that, that career path. In that same vein, I'd love for you to share with us what is next for you and for Jersey Girl Brewing. We have invested in more assets. So we've always been able to brew beer. We've always been able to ferment beer, keg beer, but we've never been able to can beer. So one of the decisions coming into 2020 was to buy a a large canning line that allows us to put our product into cans and then help us reach a whole other demographic um, and reduce some costs. So we used our time uh, to bring in that canning line, install it, uh, and we've already started using it, which is exciting. I think from a growth perspective, uh, we have a lot more brands that we want to introduce to the market. Uh, We're introducing a hard seltzer right now that brings us into an adjacent market, uh, out just, you know, very close to beer, but not in the beer category. So it gives us a couple of positions at at the retailer. Um, So there's a lot of, you know, functional things, mechanical things that we're doing, but they're all really based on our giving us the ability to springboard into the next five years. It's hard to believe that we are soon going to be five years old as a brewery. It's it's kind of awe-inspiring for us to be able to look back, and especially for me and my partner, Mike, to, to say, wow, we started this back in 2014 was where the idea was created. And here we are in, in 2020 going into 2021 saying, wow, open almost five years to the public, distributing beer for, for that amount of time and, and a nice growth trajectory. Um, so we, our plans are to continue to do what we do, build a plan, work the plan, and live the plan. That's it. You know, far too often I find companies, will, they'll, they'll get ahead of themselves and they'll ignore the plan. They'll forget that they built a three-, five-year plan and they'll start to do things that they didn't plan because they seem opportunistic. Um, and I've always found in business, if, if it's that important, let's plan to do it next year. But this year we already have a plan. You know, it's, it's that kind of discipline I find in business that, um, that helps create a strong foundation for growth. It's almost like the old, object. The, yeah, like the old kind of slow and steady wins the race. Uh, versus the the quick sprint and losing your your speed or your stamina too early on. Well, I think it's important. Small businesses need cash flow. You need cash to keep funding the business because there's not that much of it there when you start up. Um, especially if you don't want to get yourself in tremendous debt, and and we didn't. We wanted to we wanted to manage our debt in a way that we could still grow, but knowing that. You know, there's a, the old adage that says we're, we're running a marathon, not a sprint. So I, I'll, if I get there in five or ten years, we'll get there. I just don't need to get there tomorrow. So right. a lot of businesses will you'll, – you'll find some businesses will try to get there tomorrow. They'll see an opportunity and go, wow, that's a huge opportunity. We've got to take advantage of it. And they don't spend any time researching the idea or what it's going to take. It may seem like it's easy to get into, but then you've got to manage it. 
And once you start managing it, wow, that's where the, you know, oh, wow, I didn't realize it would cost us that. Oh, I didn't realize it would take that many people. Oh, I didn't realize. Next thing you know, you, you achieved it, you got it, but now you don't want it anymore because it's a drain on your business. And that's, we try to, we, we try to do our best to avoid those. Um, we get we get caught up in some moments, but usually they're smaller, less riskier opportunities. Things like canning lines, we've been planning this out for almost a year, so you know it's a big asset for us. Um, so you really just don't want to jump into jump into something just because it's it seems like it'll help. You want to really validate. Right. I love these little tidbits uh, that you're sharing with us about good business practices. Thank you so much for your willingness to share your knowledge and your expertise in the area, if you will, from your lived experiences. I think it's great. And I also want to ask, where can people learn more about Jersey Girl? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. Um, our, our history, our website is, is probably a first place to start at, at Jersey Girl Brewing. Dot com. There's a little little page for our beers, all our different beers. There's a section about Mike and I and the history of the brewery. Um, of course, there's the, the store. There's there's a distribution map, so where you can find the beer. Uh, but there's a lot of information just at our website. So JerseyGirlBrewing.com. Uh, we're available, you know, through Facebook. So if you're into social media and you want to follow us, uh, you'd go to Jersey Girl Brewing on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, it's Jersey Girl Beer, uh, as is Twitter. We went to Jersey Girl Beer for Instagram and Jersey Girl Beer for uh, for Twitter. Um, and so there's a lot of information, everything that's going on in the brewery, all the behind-the-scenes stuff, all the fun things we're talking about in terms of being open and having the beer garden are always posted up there. We usually get one or two posts a day on social media, uh, especially about the weekend if we have live music at the brewery or, you know, if we're having a special event or a special beer release, all that's going to be uh, through social media. Very and we cool. have a, and then the last thing would be our, our email list. So we have a, a marketing list that we put together with everybody who wants to opt in. Uh, you can join that um, through our uh, Facebook, Facebook page or through our website where you can give us your email address and opt in to receive updates. Um, and we, I think we have about 5,000 people that are on that list that just are excited to hear about what we're doing at the brewery. Yeah, absolutely. Chuck, thank you so much for being a proud and active Seton Hall Pirate and for sharing your story with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Chuck is one of more than 100,000 alumni who demonstrate what great minds can do with a Seton Hall education. And Chuck has a special offer for his fellow pirates listening to this episode. You can get 20% off of products, including beer, that is available for pickup, and merchandise, which is available for shipping, by using the promo code PiratesEye during checkout at jerseygirlbrewing.com. And you can check out our show notes for the link and promo code. If you know of a fellow pirate that we should have our eye on, don't hesitate to email us at alumni at shu.edu. Also, make sure you stay up to date with all of the virtual engagement opportunities being offered by the Alumni Engagement and Philanthropy Department. We're making sure that during this time of social distancing, alumni near and far still have ways to enhance their relationship with Seton Hall. Share the news of this podcast with your friends and follow at Seton Hall Alumni 
on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Hope you join us for the next episode of the Seton Hall Pirate's Eye Podcast. Mm-hmm.